Hello, product innovators. Today, we learned from the co-founder of one of the world's largest Amazon agencies on how to launch and scale your hardware product on Amazon Marketplace. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Chris Moe to the show. Chris is the co-founder of Cartograph, a digital marketing agency with over $150 million of client sales per year on Amazon. They have grown a number of CPG brands from zero to millions of dollars in sales, many of them in just a few months. Today, Chris is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can understand what Amazon Marketplace is, how to launch your new hardware product on Amazon, and how to understand the algorithms and marketing avenues to increase your Amazon sales. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on today. Talk about launching a new hardware product on Amazon. Uh, I noticed that last time we talked a couple of days ago, you're in a hotel. You just came from the Food Expo. Yeah, that's right. It was Expo East in Philly, where most emerging food brands will display their new releases and just a chance to meet a lot of the different players in the industry. Amazing. And you've got a tremendous amount of experience. You know, you've worked with tons of great brands, not only getting them onto Amazon, but also just heavily amplifying it. So they're doing millions of dollars in sales on there. Before we get to the tips and tricks for launching and scaling a new product on Amazon, just give us a bit of a background. How'd you get to where you are today? Sure. So prior to Cartograph, I worked at McKinsey for about five years, did a a wide range of consulting, pricing, digital pricing, distribution, as well as a fair amount of education work. And in between, spent a little bit of time in finance. I had a structured credit hedge fund where I picked up some side clients in merging consumer products companies. And then my co-founder, John, he had built the first Amazon team at GE in their consumer electronics division. So very relevant to this audience and built that into a really big business selling tens of millions of maybe not so sophisticated hardware, but a lot of light bulbs and extension cords and smart switches and so forth. And then he called me up, had a real passion for better for your foods and said, Hey, Chris, you know something about consulting, right? And Cartograph was born. And so now about five years on, We manage about $150 million in retail revenue per year. Some of our our bigger stories, we launched Lily's Chocolates from zero that exited for about $300 million. We launched Birch Benders from zero that exited for about $300 million. Last year, had the largest grocery launch on Amazon with Magic Spoon Cereal that sells over a million dollars a month. And I'd say probably by now, we've launched about $50 million businesses on Amazon. Um, wow, amazing. Well, yeah, a lot of food and bev, but but not unfamiliar with hardware. And you know, there's actually a fair amount of similarities in the difficulty of production and sourcing. Well, Amazon is a big deal. There's a lot of different ways to sell a new product, especially as a hardware startup. You look at all of these options. You can sell on Kickstarter, Indiegogo. You can sell on Amazon. You can sell direct to consumer through your own website. You can sell to wholesalers, retailers, distributors, etc. Amazon's a big one, though. And it's obviously become bigger over the years. And it's something that, although... 
most people know what Amazon is. Not a lot of people, especially as an early stage hardware startup or first time startup, not a lot of people know really how it works. How do you actually get your product in front of an audience? And then bigger picture, how do you actually do that well? So let's start looking at the top of the funnel here. How does a hardware startup look at Amazon as a service or a platform? And what do they do just to get on it and get the ball rolling? Then we'll get into how to actually launch and do it well. Sure. So let's start really big picture. What is Amazon? Hopefully you've heard about Amazon. If you haven't, a guy named Bo Burnham wrote a really nice song about founder Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Amazon is the everything store online. It's the largest internet marketplace for selling consumer goods. And so some stats about Amazon, probably about at least a third of households are Prime subscribers on Amazon, which means they pay over $1,000 a month to get free shipping on all the products. It's also where the majority of consumers start product research on the internet. So more people, when they're looking for a product, will go to Amazon and type in what they're looking for than even Google. As a seller, it's actually extremely seller-friendly. It's a marketplace. You can make an account, sign up for a professional account. It's like 40 bucks a month. From there, you can list your products and the, uh, the journey begins. You can start getting to sell. It's amazing because it's one of those things that people think might potentially be a lot harder than it really is, at least to get it on the platform. But it really isn't. Think about from Amazon's perspective, they want new, innovative, great products on their platform. That's what helps them generate more revenue and get the right product in front of the right buyers more often. So it is friendly to new and emerging brands, especially stuff that's really valuable to specific demographics. So just okay. setting up an account is really the first step. But I want to go deeper into that. Setting up an account is obviously easy, but how do we actually launch a product well? How do we make it a success when we go to Amazon and kick that off? Sure. So I think the first thing when launching on Amazon, when we talk to brands, is making sure that you're ready for it and that the time is right. So a few things that we always say is one, just timing. We always suggest that you've got a pretty good sense of consumer feedback that you have like at least a first wave of product market fit. Because what you don't want to do is one, get a bunch of bad feedback. And oftentimes the feedback is just in messaging. It's not even product quality. You promised A and you gave B. And that can be a huge barrier on Amazon. That's one. Make sure your product's in the market a little bit and you have, have a good sense of how to describe it and that consumers are responding well to it. The other is thinking through your product positioning on Amazon. A lot of the time we think of this as a pricing. We think of pricing as a triangulation exercise where you want to first drive by net margin on the channel, making sure you account for all of the Amazon costs, including promotion and advertising costs that you're net profitable on the channel. Then you want to consider pricing on other channels. If you're selling it on your own website, if it's on another retailer, how are you going to price relative to that? And then finally, and one of the more important ones is consider competitive pricing on Amazon because your product positioning and differentiation, Amazon's ultimately like a huge comparison shopping website. And so long-term competitiveness on the channel means that your little square with your product on it needs to at least capture some of the clicks next to the square of your competitors. So really thinking through a year from now, when we have thousands of reviews, are we going to be positioned in a way to knock off products by some of the major OEMs in all the different uh, hardware categories? That's a great overview. I want to dig into some of those things a little bit more. For instance, 
if we're looking at Amazon and trying to consider a pricing strategy, let's assume we've done what you said. We have a little bit of product understanding. Maybe we've sold a few hundred units already. We got some feedback. We're confident both in our product and like you said, in the messaging of the product. So it's two obviously critical variables in order to sell any product. So if we've got those and we want to get on it. Most people, at least most hardware startups that are listening to the show, they're in the game developing this thing because they've come up with something that's better than the competition or better than an alternative option, or it's just some kind of innovation or pain point solver. They've created an invention that has some sort of increased inherent value. So when you're looking at pricing that, do you try and price it up a bit because it has that increased value from another competitive option, at least to start? Do you want to try and match it and hope to get more volume? Or are there other considerations that you look at in terms of pricing something with a new innovation, not just a driver to the bottom, but something that actually has value as most new inventions do, or at least are trying to achieve to? You're getting at one of my favorite topics, which is pricing. And so I'm going to give you the very unsatisfying answer of it depends. But uh, let me talk through some of the considerations of how I think about it. A lot of it actually has to do with capital intensity and what kind of money that you have. If you are going to be cash flow constrained, then you need to set your pricing at a place that makes sure that when you get cash back from Amazon, you're able to pay for future runs of your product. And so that often ends up being the driver for a lot of emerging businesses. Like the capital markets right now are a little bit tight. And so you can take a really aggressive strategy. And indeed, actually, some of the really advanced Amazon sellers, what they'll do is they'll take a very low price strategy to begin. And that helps them just get established on the platform, get exposure to a lot of consumers, build up their moat on Amazon. We can talk about how to build a moat on Amazon and what that is. That can be the first strategy. Another positioning that we do with a lot of clients, if you're just starting out, you have a lot of flexibility, right? Because you're, you say, I, it's blue sky. I can price it above, below. And we actually work with mostly premium products. We rarely try to take a low price strategy on Amazon just because there's nice. probably always somebody who's willing to do it cheaper. Economics 101 race to the bottom that uh, they talked about in school, you actually see it play out on Amazon. If there's products that get super popular, somebody is clean cheating it, taking cost out and making it lower cost. And so what I would do is try to price it that respects your differentiation, try to price it in a way that respects your innovation, tell a really good story and command that margin. Make sure that you're creating a business that long term, you're going to make some money. I think that's incredibly important, especially as a hardware startup. It's nice to hear it from you on the sales side that that strategy still works, especially in a place like Amazon, which is so data-driven, both on the reseller side, but also on Amazon's side as well. So it's competitive. Even if you've got an innovation that has some sort of unique feature that nobody else has, you're still competing against some other product that somebody might want to buy that's relevant to yours, or just the option of not buying anything at all. So despite it being competitive, it's nice to hear that there's still room to price in the value that you've created because that's very important, especially as an emerging hardware startup. And you mentioned it, you hit the nail on the head, which is cash flow. You want to be able to be sure that you're able to produce the product, continue to grow your business as there's many more expenses than simply gross margin. Something I want to talk about, speaking of gross margin, is can you explain a bit how Amazon takes their cuts and the different actual options to selling through Amazon? Sure. So Pricing on Amazon, there's basically two sides of the house on Amazon and one that's going to be most relevant for emerging brands. So there's what they call the first party channel or vendor central. That operates like a conventional wholesale relationship, a physical retailer. You set an invoice cost, they issue a purchase order every Monday, you ship the product in. Generally speaking, that is not possible to get on anymore unless you're a very mature business. And what they say is do $10 million 
of sales on Amazon on the marketplace side, and then we might invite you to the one one B side. So I'm going to put that one aside and focus on the marketplace side, which is the third party selling channel or what they call seller central. And so the rough breakdown of the P&L on a unit basis on Amazon is as follows. So you set your retail price. Amazon will always take a 15% cut it's called their referral fee. That's just like a flat fee for selling on Amazon. Then of course you need to subtract out your COGS, your cost, landed cost of goods. Then you're going to be shipping using Amazon's fulfillment by Amazon network or the FBA network, which is Amazon's, I'm going to be US focused, more than 50 fulfillment centers all across the US. And this is how you get that prime badge on Amazon plus one or two day shipping, which makes an enormous difference in terms of performance of your listing. So in 99% of cases, you're going to want to be in, in that channel. Generally speaking, the price of FBA, it's, it's a fixed fee based upon this, the weight and cube of your product. So hardware, you're actually in a really good spot in some cases. If you're a small, lighter weight product, you're going to pay three to five bucks probably to ship it in a day anywhere in the US, which is incredible. Talk about like accomplishments of like modern technology and business to be able to move something like that. If you get larger, it can get up to 10, 15 bucks. Amazon can do oversized um, products actually pretty affordably. I'd say the key thing to note if you're thinking about selling on Amazon is there's actually this very specific size tier, which where you go from standard to oversized. And that's being in the cube of getting super technical here, 18 by 14 by eight inches for longest, middle and shortest side. So you need to be below that and you can go into standard tier. Otherwise, not only do your costs go up a lot per unit, but also the fulfillment network is really constrained. So your ship speed and your freight costs will go up a lot. Just want to throw that nugget out there. Um, after shipping, we generally recommend you reinvest another 20% or so into advertising. And then there's the remainder, which I'd call the other costs, returns and refunds, a couple percent. If you have a subscription component, budget in a couple percent for that. Storage fees and freight in a percent or two. And then we like to account for the warehouse cost for you to get the product from your warehouse prepared for the freight shipment to Amazon, which is usually a few cents per unit. So all in all, that other bucket, I'd say about 10%. To recap it from the top, 10% other, going bottom to top, 10% other, 20% ads, three to five bucks in shipping if you're a small unit, and then 15% for Amazon's referral fee, and then finally your cost of goods. That was a really good tactical series of advice pieces there, Chris. I appreciate it because you broke it down to make it easy to understand how Amazon works within the marketplace setting. I want to ask you about the advertising piece that you mentioned, that 20%. Is that referring to advertising back onto the Amazon platform specifically or advertising on other platforms to feed into your Amazon store? We are talking ads on Amazon to make sure that your product gets exposure on Amazon, that people are able to find it. Happy to explain why we do that and how Amazon works. Yeah. Talk a bit about the ads, because I'm curious about that as well. You obviously see them popping up all the time now as a shopper on Amazon. You mentioned that it's key to reinvest that money back into it when you're making sales. How does the advertising platform work on Amazon specifically? Before I even talk about ads, let's just talk about how Amazon, the algorithm works and the website works because it's pretty complex, but I think to like an engineer's mind, it's actually really elegant. So Amazon is a giant stack rank of daily unit velocity. And so if you look on Amazon, every single product, and you can actually see the, the rank on every product page is ranked in terms of how many units they ship per day. 
And what that rank determines is how much free traffic Amazon sends you. And so the free traffic is in the form of Amazon has to fill all of their pages, right? You go to their homepage, there's stuff there. You go to other product pages, there's other stuff around it. You get emails, hey, why don't you look at this? You're shopping in this category. So Amazon cascades that free inventory organized by relevance, by category to the products that have the rank, the stack rank um, by daily. So it's super, super simple and super elegant. And if you can keep that framework in mind, everything in Amazon feeds that. So when it comes to advertising, you're doing two things. One is you're trying to just get one-off sales and you can like calculate the one-off pro forma P&L of that individual sale, which is like ad cost um, and revenue. But you're also buying sales because every unit that checks out gets you up in the ranking. And so the philosophy that we use with ads is we're trying to, as inexpensively as possible, find the cheapest ad that you can get to get your up in sales rank and get more of that free traffic. And that's what true ROI on Amazon is. Some people call it the flywheel. And so what I talk to about with my team is something we used to take from the junk bond world, which is there's no such thing as a bad ad, just a bad ad price. And so take anything that you can get that converts and eventually that sales rank will get you up and get you some more traffic. Is this what creates some what of a snowball effect as your ads are starting to work, your organic starts to work and they start compounding against each other and growing and growing and growing to the point where you start hitting that, I guess the goal eventually kind of like Google, you want to be rank one on the first page of organic. Your goal on Amazon is you want to be on the upper left-hand corner for right. your key search terms for your specific product category. Right, right. That's exactly right. In, in the Amazon world, a lot of people call it the flywheel is that snowball effect. And, and the interesting thing is Google's like reasonably one dimensional. But there's actually a lot of different places on Amazon that are like premium placements. Like every search term, you try to get to the top of it. On category pages, you, want, you try to get to the top of it. So there's actually a second dimension to this. I like to describe it as what's a moat on Amazon and what makes that feedback loop actually close loop. And so that's your reviews and your content. And actually, content will go back to the beginning of like pricing strategy as well. But let's talk about the moat. So... What the moat is, is how do you make your sales rank sticky, right? We talked about we're always trying to climb up in sales rank. Your sales rank dictates that you get more traffic and that loop happens. But the interesting thing is the amount that you convert on the free traffic is the feedback loop, right? Because if you get units from that, that traffic, then you continue to climb. So if you don't convert, you actually aren't getting long-term ROI. You're just getting short-term ROI. And that's why it's super important to build reviews and then in some category subscriptions, because that's actually the moat. Because some people will think, okay, why don't we just like send a ton of traffic to Amazon, blow it up in the first month, we'll jump to the top, it'll be great. That happens, you get all this free traffic, you don't have any reviews or you have a very small number, you're not going to stick. And so you'll naturally decay. So that's why reviews is your moat that keeps you up there and then also makes it when people attack you or like people have traffic of their own next to yours, you retain a lot of those clicks and retain your sales rank. That's extremely helpful. Now, for those out there that think this might be a bit daunting, obviously it might help to bring an agency on board. So talk a bit about what you do at Cartograph to help new brands and emerging brands really hit a home run on Amazon. Sure. So we're a full service Amazon agency. We work across the entire value chain on Amazon. So we'll help you from assortment, pricing, uh, supply chain design, kitting, and freight and getting the product to Amazon 
And then we'll run the entire digital side as well, which is helping you develop content and run all of your advertising on Amazon and increasingly a little bit off Amazon that might direct to Amazon as well. And what's your website for folks that want to learn more about uh, what you guys do? Sure. It's gocartograph.com. That's like cartography without the Y or cartograph. And as always, I'll put the links in the show notes below so anybody can click through. Chris, thanks again for your words of wisdom today on the show. Extremely helpful and look forward to talking with you again. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.